Yep, 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 yep. Yes, it's the Finnish Football Show. I'm Mark Wiltshire. This is FFS 31. In this episode, the FFS team is missing one or two key players, not because of injury or poor form, but because of holidays. Um, Mark has had a, a hard, challenging summer and is taking a well-earned break. And similarly, Keke seems to have ventured overseas for a family vacation, but we didn't want to keep you waiting any longer. So this episode is me and Rich. Hello. Hi, Rich. <laughs> um, and possibly joined by Keke a bit later. So thank you, listener, for joining us as well. Today, we're going to discuss our recent predictions competition. If a Ooh. survey that collects answers but offers no prize can be called competition. Um, we'll look also at how the opening seven rounds or so of the Vakehouse Liga has panned out, who's leading the table, who's already fallen behind, and why does Rich keep trolling me about the form of Asicor? We'll deal with all of these <laughs> matters a little bit later. Um, I also have to give a shout out right now to Kevin coming in our Facebook group. Uh, Kevin found us recently and he's listened to the entire back catalogue. Kevin, you are clearly either bored during lockdown, a new super fan or a lunatic or possibly a combination of all three. But thank you. Uh, thank you very much for your, uh, your review. And you can read Kevin's full review of five and a half shambolic years on our Facebook page. And I've put the, uh, the link in the show notes um, and, and also in, the, uh, in the, the podcast description. So hopefully, if you've got your phone in your hand, have a look down below and you might just see uh, the links uh, and also a few images in there as well. Let's see how that, how that works out. I think five and a half shambolic years should be the title of our book. <laughs> it, should, it should be. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Um, and also, if, if, those, if those images, uh, if it doesn't work for you or if it does, just, just hit me up on, on at Explore Finland on Twitter. Let me know how it, how it looks for you there. So, um, and if you're um, watching this and you want to listen or if you're listening and you want to watch, then, you know, podcast player, Finnish Football Show YouTube channel. I don't know why anyone would want to actually watch this. but uh, I don't know. T- two men in their 40s in football shirts talking about football. It's, uh, it's like Soccer Saturday. <laughs> White middle-aged men sitting around <laughs> giving their opinions on things and hoping someone else gives a damn. That's what podcasts are. That's exactly <laughs> what podcasts are. And so those that are listening... Thank you. Uh, we, you can't listen live because we're, we're recording this on Zoom, but it's not going out live. So, but we still want your input in between the shows. So, podcast listeners use social to get hold of us. Our handles are at Explore Finland for me, at Keke Mulavi, at FC Swarmy, and Rich, you are at Escape to Swarmy. And as I mentioned before, we've got a Facebook uh, page and a group. Uh, follow the page or asked to join the group, we let most people in. And I think we might have only kicked one person out who turned out to be just there to spam the place. We don't want spam. So, again, this show was pulled together at the last minute, so we don't have all the usual features. This time, um, we'll bring you Yasilla Sipuli and following the next time that we have a full team. But if you're ready, Rich, let's get going. Let's blow that whistle. Well, we don't have a whistle anymore. This is oh. one thing that Kevin complained about. He got used to the whistle <laughs> for a few episodes and then we don't have it anymore because nah. Zoom doesn't have whistles and I'm not going to sit here and blow a whistle into the microphone. That nah, that's really not fair. annoying. But let's kick off anyway with a little bit of news. Um, Keke seems to be... Uh, oh, I actually know it's both of you. You and Keke did some interviews at the start of this year. Uh, you with Tim Sparv and Keke with Marcus Halsty. And they're now both been released from their contracts. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I speak mostly about Tim. Um, his contract was up anyway this summer. I think, obviously, with everything that's happened this year, circumstances have, have altered things slightly. I think he was kind of hoping that perhaps uh, some glory at Euro 2020 would see him in the shop window, as it were. Um, 
now his contract expired uh, last week and he left Michelland, uh, admittedly with a championship medal. And in that John Terry tradition, he wearing number three for his club, he got substituted in the third minute to a standing ovation. In the third minute? Yeah, Not even the 33rd minute or something. <laughs> give him a little bit more of a run. Yeah, so um, I don't know if he even touched the ball in the game, but um, he, um, yeah, so he got hooked. Um, he did speak to Ule last week, I think it was, and was talking about his plans. And obviously the fact that the Euros have had to be postponed a year means he has to rethink his plans for where he's going to play. Um, most of the speculation seems to revolve around him moving to Sweden, which is, again, a, a higher probably a higher average standard than Finland, uh, probably fairly similar to, to Denmark. Mm. Um but with Tim, who knows? I mean, he's had a bit of a globe-trotting career already, sort of sp- spotting very different countries. So um, Sweden seems to be where the clever money is. But I think um, he he could do with a, a good year of football because, um, as he admitted himself, he's uh, I say getting on a bit. I think he'll be thirty-four by the time the Euros begin next summer. Ah, you're in your prime at 34. Oh, I remember exactly. those years in the dim, <laughs> dim and distant past. He still looks <laughs> better than either of us did. Yeah, quite, yeah. quite right. Well, good, good luck to Tim and good luck to yeah. Marcus Halstey as well, finding finding new clubs because there is uh, some important football coming up for for the national team with the with the Nations League, the second iteration of that in the autumn and then the the euros rescheduled for for next summer so uh, we want to see the we want to see you there um we we also were going to just touch on Sorman cup in the previous episode we talked about the the fixtures that were upcoming and uh the final seems to have been scheduled for early october rich do you have any update on that um yeah, so that kind of got hidden away, I, or I, I just wasn't looking on the day they announced it. But um, so that's been scheduled for the third of October, um, unless Inter do well in the Europa League and have to play on the Thursday night, in which case it'll move to the Sunday. Makes you wonder why they don't just plan it for the Sunday anyway. Yeah. Um, we, we were, I know we were talking WhatsApp earlier about um, where the game might be played. They have confirmed it will be at the Veritas Stadion in Turku because that was the original venue named long before they knew who'd be playing in the final. So, so Tur- into Turku have got a home game in the final. Yeah, looks like it. Um, it's just the luck of the draw, I guess. It is, and um, I mean the, the the weird thing is on on the day we're recording this, the Olympia Stadion has been. They said they're going to start playing games in the next couple of weeks. And there, there's a in the women's national league. There's a Helsinki derby there. Um, I'm not sure how many tickets are going to be available, but the stadium officially opens on the 22nd of August. But um, I guess this had already had to be booked in for Torku months in advance. So it'll be there and, and home advantage for Inter. I mean, they, they won last year's competition. So I suppose the defending champions, it's, um, it should be a good game. I mean, you've got certainly two of the, the best teams in Finland mm. at the moment. It's a, I mean, and, and the prize, I suppose, is a place in the UEFA's new third competition next year, uh, yeah. which I think is the Conference League, I think it's called. Europa, Europa Conference or something, is it? Yeah, it's, um, I guess for fans of English football in the sort of 90s, the conference meant something very different. But um, well, it was the it was the top division below the Football League. Uh, it's got a different yeah. name nowadays. But yeah, conference definitely makes me think of part-time non-league football. So I'm not <laughs> sure it's the best name they could have come up with. No, I mean, I, I don't know why they couldn't have called it a cup winners cup and let the cup winners go in and, and play have a cup winners. But um, that's just my sort of nostalgia kicking in. But um, yeah. but yeah, the, whoever wins this will be the, the, I suppose, the Finnish trailblazers in that competition playing the sort of teams that came second or third in Macedonia or something like that. So. Yeah, and while, while people in the UK are a bit sniffy about these new competitions for for Finnish clubs it gives them a real opportunity to to have some competitive like international football if you like so I I think it's um and and winning something for a a club clubs the size of the Finnish clubs is is important it's when when I played football on a Sunday winning a cup once in a you know once in a blue moon was important it means something so it gives it's not all about 
the Champions League. So I, I'm more positive about these, uh, perhaps, than I might once have been. Talking about Europa League and Champions League, the, the qualifying rounds are going to be drawn next week. And just as a, a sort of uh, summary, in the Champions League, first qualifying round will be Coupes from Corpio, who won the Vecaus Liga last year. And then in the Europa League, first qualifying round is Ilves, Interturco and Honka. Mm. Um, yeah, it's um, it's interesting the way they've done. Obviously, this is the first year in I lost count how many years Hoikor haven't qualified for Europe. Um, but this way, obviously, with the the way they've condensed next season's competitions, um, and this is where it becomes detrimental to the the clubs from countries like Finland and sort of the Eastern Bloc. Um, the games are only going to be played over one leg. Ah, so, okay. Um, so, say, Coops, for example, they'll be drawn in the Champions League. Um, they're unseeded. And, I mean, for example, they could play Celtic of yeah. Scotland over one leg. And it could, I mean, if it's at Celtic Park, they're going to get slaughtered. And they're not going to get a home game out of it, you know, which, and again, even if they did have a home game, they're not going to get a huge gate because of the restrictions on attendances yeah, at the moment. Yeah. So the whole timing of it is, is very difficult. In fact, I, I'm pretty sure I read that um, the hope, the games are going to be played behind closed doors anyway. Um, I might need to, that might need to be confirmed, but um, okay. there, there is a possibility that no matter where they play, there'll be no fans. So they'll have, uh, minimal or less chance of of any prize money. Um, what what about the the idea that like in in August now they they just started playing or or let's say tomorrow they're going to have the first of these one tie knockout games in the Champions League, um, and that you know that might that might change the dynamic because certain teams might be good in one game but not strong enough to sustain it over two. Yeah, and I think it removes a lot of the you know, that there is a technical aspect of playing over two legs. Mm. I guess, you know, teams like Mourinho old side old sides when he was at his peak were doing that really well. And I think it does boil down to, you know, over ninety or hundred and twenty minutes and penalties. Whereas I mean remember I think it was Mourinho's into went to Barcelona, parked about twelve buses in front of their goal, lost I think they lost one nil. And he celebrated like they'd won the cup, yeah. which of course they they went on to do anyway. But um, it's different, and I think in this sort of context with Finnish teams, it's always a lottery. You know, you can play a team, you know, with you know, we'll say Celtic again, for example. You know, you know, Celtic are former European champions. They could play Red Star Belgrade, who again have won it in the past. And over one leg, you never know. Um, I think it was 2012. Coops got through, I think, two two leg ties, and then went out to Bursaspor in the third qualifying round. Um, so it could happen. And if they get a favourable draw and the stars align for them, then who knows? Yeah, you never know. I've put actually in the show notes a, a links to to kind of uh, like a Wikipedia page, but with all the all the rankings and which teams come in at which. Uh, round and and it actually also shows their coefficient numbers. So there's it's kind of interesting to see how some of these teams are are actually kind of ranked or or graded. Um, the last the last thing I've got here for the um, like the the news or the current affairs section uh, was the story that you shared today uh, about the comments from Yoni Veselainen, who's the um, sales and marketing director at. Yiko uh, Yuvascula about the finances of clubs in the Vakehouse Liga. Um, particularly, he was saying things like there's not enough home games for the clubs to be able to make enough money as a, as a business from the football side of things, and that maybe season tickets are, are too cheap. What else did you take from the story? Um, I mean, that's he has a point. I, I guess in that, you know, as a sales and marketing man, I mean, he was at Asico for a while and I think he's, he's done some work in, in hockey too. Um, it's difficult because, you know, in most levels of elite top division football, the emphasis is on trying to get games down so that you're not wearing players out too much. There's a welfare issue around there. Of course, in the current climate, we're talking about possibly reduced schedules because of coronavirus and trying to condense everything in. 
Um, his suggestion was that the Veghouse Liga should play 40 games a season. So that home, you play 20 home games. So that's 20 guaranteed home matches, which, I mean, it's, it's, yes, it sounds great from a money point of view. And, but there's always the emphasis again about, you know, the, the clubs will have to pay extra for players or they have burnout, they need bigger squads. Um, that would also involve having a league table that holds 21, um, 21 teams so that when everyone plays each other twice, they play 40 games, which seems uh, a little bit strange, but I kind yeah. of get the point he's trying to make. I mean, bear in mind, I think it was two years ago, they went to the current league system of playing 27 games instead of 33. Mm. Um, this year, they, they have said if if there is a... I can say that phrase a second wave if there are any issues with coronavirus they're they're content to play 22 games so two rounds of 11 fixtures if the need arises mm. um 40 you know to guarantee that extra revenue yes i mean clubs are struggling at the moment there's not a lot of income uh, even the big clubs are i mean cups lost a lot of money i think over a million euros in the year they won the title mm. and you've got to play certain staff you know, year round salaries, but um, I, I guess it's an idea he's thrown out there. Um, he's got a vested interest. It's something that can be discussed, but again, you know, we're in a world where the clubs, you know, play only, a, you know, this season we're talking about playing 27 rounds of fixtures between the start of July and early November. They're loathe to play league games in indoor venues like they do in the cups. And, that's because it's a horrible experience watching games in the indoor it's venues. It's weird, isn't it? It's, it's really weird. And the viewing angle is bad and you can't get many people in there. I mean, if you had an indoor arena that had enough seats that you can see the game properly, but, mm. you know, it, it just makes it feel like pre-season friendly. Yeah. And that's fine. If you go to a pre-season friendly and you stand on the touchline watching these Vakehouse Liga players preparing for the season that's one thing but i i wouldn't i, I wouldn't want the st- the indoor arenas i've been in i wouldn't want to watch a proper league game in there no i mean I, I mean that's the thing it's easy to think of an indoor arena and think of these venues in the in the united states that hold you know 70,000 their stadiums with roofs on basically yeah, but yeah. you know what they're talking about here is inflatable municipal facilities yeah that have a gym, you know, I mean, is, is it actually cool where you can sit on an exercise bike and watch the game? I think that, that I actually sent you a picture of me sitting on an exercise bike on the mezzanine floor watching a game. Uh, it was one of the Sawman Cup games. And, and, and okay, that's, I mean, it is a terrific facility for getting people to do sport all year round, but not as a venue for a competitive Vakehouse League game. And, and I think I would, I would say even if everything's going well and you're getting big crowds, apart from maybe Hoyikor who can push towards 10,000 crowds, um, most are getting, let's say, between three and 5,000. And a lot of those will be season tickets and the same people going back over and over again. And I think there's only, like the clubs are struggling, but also people are struggling. You know, um, my my business, my work's been hit in the last three months, particularly. Some Many people have been laid off or lost their jobs completely. And you can only, you know, having more games doesn't necessarily mean that, that I can go and spend you know, money on on food and drink at the at the games. I, I I agree that the season tickets are cheap. I mean, my our season tickets cost eighty euros. Yeah, I, I, if it was, in, in, that's great. I, I, I love that. It's great. But if it was double, if it was two hundred, fine. I, I'd still pay that if I got if I got the games. I, I think there's some there's starting to be some discontent about prices of things at some of the games, and I, I think I'm noticing this in society in general over here that that. The same thing. Businesses have been closed down. So no, you go to bars and half a litre of the most generic, nondescript, <laughs> flavourless beer will, will set you back €7. Euros. Oh, yeah. Now, at, at ASICOR, €7 euros gets you 
a can of a small can of Carlsberg. That's Carlsberg as well. Yeah, mm. it, this is this is kind of the point, and I think that that something could be done. I mean, you know, my experience is in Yoki, but I'm sure this is relevant elsewhere. You know, for the customer experience, like, what do you get when you come on that day? If it's always the same um, generic hot dogs in a bun and the same beer because it's all sponsored, eventually people are going to go, oh, really? Julian, um, who friend of the show, is vegetarian. The other day we went to the game uh, on, on Saturday and after stayed in the bar to watch the FA Cup final. And all he could eat was a hot dog bun with ketchup and mustard in it. And it's been like that for four years. The stadium's been open. And, you know, if you want to get people spending more money, you have to give them more to spend it on. That's awful. That, that just reminds me, That's what that was the episode of The Simpsons, wasn't it? When I think Lisa turned vegetarian and at the school cafeteria, they said, what's your vegetarian option? It was a hot dog and she just took the sausage out. <laughs> okay, so um, that's equal <laughs> resembling a Simps- an episode <laughs> of The Simpsons. Um, I mean, that's the thing is, is I mean, it's, I don't know a huge amount about the finances behind the scenes, but I mean, when you look at the Premier League, you know, this isn't a Premier League podcast, please, please stay Fair with us. Those. Yeah. Um, but when you think about, say, the club I support, Arsenal, and most of their income or huge proportion, it's the highest in the league, comes from match day revenue. It's not just ticket sales, it's the shops selling the mm. shirts, it's mm. the beers, the food, the programmes. And they're having to lay people off while they're offering William 100 grand a week and paying mm. Mesut Ozil 300 grand a week. Um, but in Finland, you know, the, the margins are similar. Um, you know, you've still got staff to pay on match days. Absolutely. You've still got to have yeah. the facilities running. Um, and perhaps there is a, an issue where maybe the the season ticket prices are such good value that they need to make that money up elsewhere. Um, and perhaps if instead they raise the ticket prices and lowered the other prices, there might be more of a balance. And and, and also, like if 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 you if you pay eighty euros for a ticket. Do you worry so much about missing a game? Whereas if you paid more for it, maybe you value it more and you think, oh, I'm definitely going to go. Yeah. And then you've got the competing, I suppose, in in most of the bigger Finnish cities, you've probably got an ice hockey team or another sport that you can, I mean, maybe not necessarily at the same time, but mm. I guess it's, there's so many competing interests and, you know, where do you put your, your money? I think the last time I went to Coops, um, the tickets, I think, were, I think they were 20 euros for a match. And that mm. was, when was the last time I was there? Three years ago. You know, 20 euros for a match and you're paying 80 euros for, what, 14, 13, 14 home games, uh, potentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, if it's 11, 13, 14. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bargain. Yeah, so I might as well have bought a season ticket, may, hopefully gone to two games and then given it to someone else. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, That's right. And then you're you're probably paying 78 euros for a shirt if you're that way inclined as well. But except the shirts haven't arrived for this season because coronavirus <laughs> means that they're yeah. lost in or delayed in transit. Yeah, I was going to ask about those actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I actually I did speak to somebody uh, in the marketing team about those shirts, and I I don't know how many are going to be available for fans. I mean. It seems at the moment they're not yet available for the players, so I don't know. It might be next season's. It might be next season's tip. The big collector's item. Not official news from the club. That's just if, me. If you're watching on, if if this goes on to YouTube, then I'm wearing the current uh, Hoyko away jersey. So, real men wear pink. Uh, do you know? I realised that we used to have the traditional start of what shirt are you wearing, Rich, along yeah. with the no noisy biscuits and all that <laughs> business, and uh, we've got out of the habit of it. Oh, yes. it's terrible. Yeah, but now this was the. Um, it's actually a really nice shirt. Um, but, it is yeah, a nice looking shirt. Yeah, yeah we, there is a sponsor. You can't really see it. It's very low down. Um, yeah. But yeah, this was. Um, I, this is. I mean, this is one of the things. I think when the clubs or when the season was postponed and there was the big push, and when we talked um, on the other podcast about raising money by the, with the ticket promotion that the Palolita were running, um, and I was plugging a lot the various club um, shops online and. You know, it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult because some of them they are small outfits, and mm. you know, FC Jazz don't send 
don't post mugs internationally as i found out but um i did get a couple of shirts from different clubs and some other uh, merchandise tat but mm. um yeah I, I was a bit appalled at 20 euros to post it but then i found out that's actually quite reasonable by all that's account. just post that's just posted <laughs> over here yeah it's it's expensive to get anything anywhere um <laughs> let's let's move on from the uh the current affairs news section and talk a little bit about the predictions competition. We promised a predictions episode before the season started. We didn't do it, of course, but we did get the survey out and 30 people took the time to answer it. And uh, well, a couple of you even submitted your responses twice. So um, <laughs> well done. I managed to de- delete those before pulling together some of the, some of the answers. Um, how about a huge thanks to everyone that took part um there's 30 of you i think it would be really boring to hear me read out 30 names so they're all on the on the blog post you can find your name on there uh we had also uh joaquin a friend of the show joaquin gomez the asticor assistant manager he gave his answers as did uh chris cleaver uh the who was in the Behind the quarantine episode as a football agent, so we had some people from the very the very top, uh, and then we had also the four of us that put this show together. <laughs> um, it was nice to get uh, Henry Huckamaki Huck, uh, f- f- old friend of the show here. Um, I've just I've just realised that I've lost all my pictures in the show notes, so I'm going to go and find the uh, the originals and and talk through some of the. Um, some of the answers that we got. So we asked, first of all, for Sawman Cup winners, and this was resounding. Um, 60% thought Hoyiko, uh, and 16.7% thought uh, Interturku. So that was 18 out of 30 thought Hoyiko, and another five thought Inter. Um, well, you're all very clever, aren't you? I can't. I, I, I can see everyone's individual responses i can't be bothered to see if anybody actually predicted those two within the same within the same guess so um, <laughs> that's that one we've sort of talked about coming up later later in the uh, in the autumn that that final of that competition uh, then the vacas liga champions so again oh, mixed bag wasn't it well it was it was mm, no not that mixed it was every mostly went for Hoyiko, <laughs> 23 out of 30 thought Hoyiko would be champions, so 70, 76% of you. Um, then there were two for Inter and one each for Hifki, Honka, Ilves, Kups and Asiko. I, I have to guess that that was Joaquin who had that much confidence in Asiko <laughs> because he's only been there half a year and the rest of us have been around a lot longer. But uh I like I like your optimism. Faith in his team. Yeah, absolutely. And faith in his own abilities. And quite quite rightly too, with what he's achieved previously in the in the UK. Um, you know, part of the management team that got Luton from League Two up to the championship. Um and is I don't know. Hopefully we're starting to see some of that in the way that Ashikor are performing. Certainly, certainly yesterday. My voice is a bit husky today because we were going for it for the entire game. I've actually clapped my hands bloody again. It's been a couple of years since I did that. And to me, that's an indication of the sort of game we saw yesterday. Um, Hard-earned point. Say again? A hard-earned point. Yeah, you know what? A well-deserved well deserved point and, and a, a resounding kind of uh, ovation at the end which was for the performance, not not for the result necessarily. It wasn't a celebration of the of a point, although a point against Coops is a good point. But it's it was about how that point was earned, and oh. uh, it's also worth notice, noting that Walter Vitala, the Asiko goalie, was the man of the match and deservedly the man of the match. So that you know, but but it was a really really good performance. It's not. I'm always this up. It's just cool. If you caught me, if we've recorded this on Sunday, you'd have got a very different response. So, you know, Fickle, Fickle is the football fan. Um, 
Then we asked about Europa League qualifiers. This was a bit more of a mixed bag. We asked everyone for two um, two teams they thought would qualify for the Europa League. Uh, in this, Coops got 12 responses out of 30, so 40, 40%. Honka got 11, as did Interturku. Uh, Asiko got seven responses. Ilves, six. And Hoyiko, six. So I guess... Most people either thought Hoyuko would win the league or qualify for Europe. So that's that's normally a safe bet, although it didn't happen last season. No. That's, um, I, I said I, I can't remember the last time that happened. Um, certainly must be at least 11, 12 years, if not more. Yeah, which gives them... What's the cliche? They're not in. They don't. They're not in Europe, so they can focus on the on the Vegas Liga. Yes, it's the end of season now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the final, uh, the final, uh, oh, the next question. Sorry, was who do you think will be relegated? So here we were looking for which team would finish bottom rather than um, the, the playoff place as well. And Terpeas Turku got fourteen responses, having just come up. Last year, um, Rob's Rovaniemi got seven. Uh, it's slid down the table over the last few years, having having pushed quite high two or three years ago. Mm. Um, Mariaham recently, a few years ago, champions had four four votes for relegation. Hifki got three, and then Larkin Coops. <laughs> I know who voted for Coops. Well, actually, I think I know. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to out anyone. Um, but I think that person might have voted Coops as. I think they voted Hifki as champions and qualifying for Europe, and Coops as qualifying for Europe and getting relegated. So um, who knows with this crazy season? Yeah. <laughs> hedging their bets. Yeah. A statistical anomaly there. I think Coops are, are going to stay at the end, edge, end of the table they're currently at, which is near the top. Um, we then asked a kind of open question about what are you most looking forward to in the 2020 season? Um, the the number one response was just live football. Watching, <laughs> watching live football, five people put that. Um, three people made some mention of Eero Markkinen, and it wasn't just Keke. You were all <laughs> gushing over seeing Eero and his tall, handsome Physique in the in the Veikkaus Liga again. Um, also, three people particularly mentioned seeing how Coops perform this year, somewhere or another, and and two people mentioned expecting Rops to struggle. Um, there were a few specific um, comments that I wanted to mention. Kevin, different Kevin to the one we shouted out before, um, said he was hoping to visit Finland for the first time to watch some matches and to bring an Ilves shirt back. Yeah, he's a Norwich City fan, so he's clearly got a thing for yellow and yellow and green. <laughs> um, but this will have to wait now until 2021. So, uh, Kevin, if you do make plans to get over next year, reach out to us, and um, if you're travelling you know, towards the Sanioki area, then I'd be happy to show you around. And I'm Mark, the other Mark is based down in the south of Finland. So, you know, I'm sure if, if schedules allow, it would be good to uh, anyone that's coming over specifically to sort of say hi and, uh, and welcome you here. Um, Sami said he's looking forward to Asikor, <laughs> winning ceremonies for Asikor. So uh, I, I like your style, Sami. I'm not quite sure. I'm as optimistic as you, but but good on you. Thanks for uh, thanks for the positivity. Um, and Huck, who I mentioned before, he wrote War and Peace, and, and nobody wants me to read all of this out. Um, but he's wondering if Hoyikor might continue to struggle like they did last year. Will Cups be able to retain their title with about without Yanni Honkavara? leading the team and so so far they've they've started well um could Ilves go for the double this season after winning the cup last year now there's a there's a question um so i think thanks everyone well i think we'll come back to this 
Um, maybe maybe revisit it halfway through the season and see if anyone got it, apart from Coops going down, if anyone else got anything spectacularly right or if there are any surprises that any of you um, predicted. And then maybe at the end of the season, I'll figure out a way to put some points to these predictions and see if anyone did particularly well or particularly badly. Um, that's that's the end of the first half. Normally we'd have a whistle. Normally we'd have Yasil Sipuli. We don't have. So I guess maybe we can crack on with the Bakehouse Liga. Yeah, quick, quick half an orange and uh, back out on the pitch. And have a glass of water. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, the Bakehouse Liga has been going since the start of July now and obviously trying to cram... I mean, they're trying to cram 22 rounds of fixtures in before the end of October. So, uh, 22, 22 games in what, four, uh, five, mm. just under five months. Mm. It's um, sorry, just under four months. It's, mm. it's ambitious. Um, we, we are at the point where the teams are playing uh, pretty much three games every sort of seven or eight days, which is you do wonder if it's going to cause any issues further down the line. We've also got, we're going to start having postponements for European games in international team fixtures as well. Um, but obviously from, from my point of view, the table as it stands after, I mean, we're recording this on, on Thursday evening. So the latest round of fixtures leaves um, cups at the top of the table, which is always nice. Um, but um, it's yeah, we had a couple, of, a couple of games tonight, didn't we? So yeah. Um, I mean, we're at the point now after eight games, Coops and Honka are still unbeaten. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I thought Honka would do okay this season. I didn't think they'd go eight games unbeaten from the start. I mean, they're still uh, the majority of them are draws. Mm. Yeah, three wins and five draws. But they they've just won at TPS tonight. Um, TPS, who hired Jonathan Johansson as their new manager last week after their shoddy start. I think they'd lost their first five fixtures. Uh, hired him as manager. They won their first game or his first game in charge, and then unfortunately lost again tonight. But um, it's 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 interesting because I think you can't look at many games and see an obvious result, with the exception of maybe you know if you're at home to TPS or Rops, perhaps you'd expect a win. But you know teams like I mean Mariham beat Inter last night, Asicor. You never know with Asiko. You know we, we've jested about it for years, but you know they, they have a good game in them. You know they, they can beat anyone on their day and um, play mm. well. Um, but then the other thing that that Keke raised last night is Hacker, who who came up last season as well. Uh, you know massive champions and and invested well in. They haven't won in seven games, mm. um, which I think is quite surprising. I think a lot of people rated Tainio as as a manager for how well they did last year. And I think finding life in the top division a little bit harder um, and, and Hifke as well, you know, they, they sacked their manager after a, a slightly shaky start and, and their fifth at the time of recording, you know, only three points behind cups with a game in hand. So you know, it's quite congested. It's still fairly early, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really fascinating. I think, you know, already, you know, we're not seeing a runaway team. We're seeing the teams beating each other. Um, and that's the joy, I guess, of a smaller division. But um, Beating each other and also quite a lot of draws, like even mm. Coops at the top after eight games, four wins and four draws. So, yes, yeah. unbeaten, which is, which is impressive, but still dropping quite a lot of points there. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, they've only conceded five goals, but mm. you know, so when, when they're winning, they're doing it well. But um, yeah, I think there's, there's still some teething issues and, and hopefully they'll iron them out before before the European games start. But um, yeah, you're sort of looking more at sort of Ilves and, and Mariham as the teams where there's going to be goals in the games. But um, yeah, it's, um, it's good fun so far. And I think it's, I mean, a lot of it's just relief that it's back after. I think they, someone worked out it was about 280 days between the end of the last season and the start of this season. Yeah, well, we talked about it in the last episode that we were all gagging for live oh. football. And uh, I, I have to say, after an opening day win against Tebeas for Seinioki, that that enthusiasm was starting to drain away um, <laughs> until yesterday. And I, I sort of banged on about that a little bit already. But I think, um, what would I what would I like to highlight? Um, 
I, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode, but I, I spoke um, with Joaquin again uh, be- just before the season started, and he mentioned Matthias Vanienpa, young local boy, um, very tall, plays at left back, and he's a proper defender. Um, he he can pass the ball as well, but he's not he's not like a wing back getting down the wing, but not much gets past him. Very very impressive. So uh, looking forward to seeing how that how that young man progresses. Um, yesterday was the first time that we saw this forward line of Tuko up front, and I made my comments known in a WhatsApp message the other day. Um, not going to repeat that on air. But behind him yesterday was Dennis Olinik, Robin Sid, and um, Serge Atakai. And they're three. You've got big Tuko up front, you know, tall, powerful. And then these three others just so quick running around him. And it was exciting. And they were linking up well. And that was the catalyst, I think, for that, the performance yesterday. More solid defence. Nico Boxel came in recently just adding experience and more solid at the back. And and then this this forward line. And I, I'd also like to say that Mehmet Hetemai, rumours of his demise have been greatly <laughs> exaggerated to, uh, to <laughs> steal a phrase, I suppose. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know, maybe the speed is not there, but the brain and the, and the, the touch is still there. So... Good on you, Mehu. Keep it, keep it going. Uh, I think it, like from when he returned to Finland a, f- a few years ago, he did. I think that's the thing with him. He always looked a class above in terms of you know he was still, I think, on the the outskirts of the national team at the time as well, and he just had that sort of speed of thought around him that that's sort of able to read the game a little bit better. I mean, yes, he's getting older, but I think in in his position, he can afford that little lapse in physical prowess, but he's still showing his quality. Mm. Um, and, um, and yeah, no, he's, he's done really well. I mean, the, the fact he's still performing well, um, I mean, it just shows he's looking after himself. Yeah. And, and bringing someone like Mateo Rodetsky alongside him as well, though he went off um, injured maybe on Saturday, but still, and then wasn't there yesterday, but still that's quite a nice combination to see there in the middle of the park and uh, yeah optimism it's nice to be optimistic <laughs> it feels good somehow it's lighter on the shoulders when you're optimistic <laughs> yeah I always feel that when I'm talking about cups the last 18 months or so but um, yeah no it's, it's, it's been good it's been nice to have it back and um, yeah it's not all one-way traffic which is it's good to see and hopefully that'll follow, continue into the autumn as well yeah and uh, I also I just wanted to, to mention the uh, the sort of the, the players as well, the top the top scorers so far after well eight games in total. Obviously, not everyone's played eight games, but um, Ilmari Niskanen at Kups has got six in eight, which is very Whoa. impressive. As has Timo Furoholm at Inter. So um, I'd, I'd like I'd just like to mention that Niskanen didn't score yesterday no but you know it's um it was that curse of the player of the month is player oh, of the month for july and uh he's still young i think so, someone's obviously been searching twitter for him because I, I remember i think i tweeted around the time he made his debut a few years ago that he i think he he'd come through and he was born in the year 2000 which at the time just made us feel incredibly old um and i think i, I came out last week he'd he actually as a child he'd undergone some very serious sort of health concerns as well. Okay. So um, to come through, win, win player of the month. And he's he's looked really sort of top-notch this season. I think last year he did quite well. But um, yeah, he's really started the season on fire. Um, six goals. And yeah, it's nice. I mean, Coops have brought through quite a few young players over the last few years. And a lot of them have, have left perhaps at the wrong time. And, you know, we see with um, Nisila, he's come back on loan for the year having left, you know, really up probably probably too soon in hindsight. But hopefully Niskanen can stay a little bit longer and, and do well. Yeah, there was one there was one person yesterday and I want to make sure I give proper proper credit where it's due. Let me see. 
Oh, I think it was uh, Nisila uh, in the in the Cubs midfield, and uh, I, I was there with with friends and with Lady Sadhu, and she said, "Oh, that." Uh, number 25, Nisila, he's everywhere. He's really, he's really quick. He's all over the pitch and caught, caught her eye. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're a decent team, Goops, and uh, I, I wish them the best for, for Europe. And, um, you know, I'm very happy with that point yesterday. We would have settled with a point in the beginning of the day. To get the point in that style was pleasing. And... Uh, Onwards and upwards. Come on, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> We're not biased here at the uh, Finnish football show. Yeah, we are, actually. We are. Okay. We, yeah. we can... <laughs> in fact, we both are. So <laughs> we, <laughs> we, both, we both had a horse in that race yesterday. Yes. They, they yeah. came in neck and neck. Oh, uh, the, so each way bet. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned there's a, um, a fixtures coming thick and fast at the moment. And there's games again on uh, Sunday. Monday, so Hoyuko um, played today, uh, and they got another game on Sunday. But I'll, I'll, the, just just for those that are listening, before then, Robs against Mariaham, Inter versus Haka, Lati versus Ilves, and Coops versus Hoyuko. That's on Sunday, and then on Monday the tenth, uh, Honka versus Asiko, and Hifki versus Tepeas uh, Turku. So. Yeah, they, they, you're right. They are coming thick and fast. We we left the game on Saturday thinking, oh, that was that was you know football can't be bothered. And then it was like, oh, there's another game Wednesday. Right, okay, see you Wednesday, and uh, and back back into it. So um, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Cups are playing Hoyuko again. They, they only played them two two weeks ago. If that might may have been less less than that, and uh, there was a an interesting, exciting two all draw, and I think uh, Hoyko had a goal disallowed in injury time, which was questionable. Um, well, you're, you're right about that, and, and it's the same because Coops played Senioki on Sunday the 26th, and then again yeah. on Wednesday the 5th. So it's only week and a half or so in between the uh, in between the games. I was I was quite surprised to see that. Yeah, but you know. Don't worry, Cook, you've got that <laughs> behind you now. You don't have to worry about Senioki until, you know, mm. end of the season. Yeah. The championship playoffs or something. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, do you know what, Rich? When there's only two of us here, we, we whip through this quite quite quickly, don't we? Yeah, we, we tend to stick to the agenda quite a lot as it well. Is, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, and I feel like I've talked more than usual, but there's only two of us talking rather than four trying to elbow their way into the uh, into the conversation so yeah hey, mark and mark and keke we miss you we look forward to you being back here next time um i don't know when that next time will be but we'll do our best not to make it too long maybe at the uh, maybe towards the end of august something like that yeah i think it'll be fun i mean you know by, by then probably most of the Finnish teams will be out of Europe at that point, I think, after their, their one-legged ties. And we'll know a bit more about when the uh, what, what's happening with the internationals as well. I think they start kicking off in the, is it the first or second week of September. Um, and they yeah, come picking true. fast because they've got some, they're, they're now doing some triple headers to oh, try is and... That, is that right? For the Nations yeah. League? Or? Yeah. So, I mean, also they have a couple of friendlies as well, but I think they're... They've... Just what you need at this time, well, at the moment, yeah. is friend, friendly games and all this... Friendlies, yeah. Screen. But um, I think the, um, they're, they're condensing the, the Nations League in, so the fixtures that originally came out are null and void, but there are some weekends that some teams in Europe are playing three times over Friday, an international Saturday, break. Friday, Sunday. Well, probably at this rate. Um, and yeah, I think there's, they're still planning on playing sort of a friend, the friendly against Poland that was postponed for oh, March right. okay. of this year. And um, obviously then, because the Nations League has to be played because of the way it feeds into the World Cup qualifying. And bear in mind, that's going to be all squashed now as well because of everything. Yeah. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that how that settles. But um, And that just assumes that that football will kind of just, and, and life will just go on from here. But yeah. we don't know what's coming this this winter. So, yeah, let's keep optimistic but and hope that Finland not playing in the Euros in 2022 or 2023. And <laughs> Yeah, that's why I haven't booked my flights yet for next summer. Yeah, quite, quite <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so maybe we, should, maybe we should aim for a um, 
an episode before the the Nations League mm. just to just to preview it a bit and then again try try and get some of us together maybe it doesn't need to be all of us we get some of us together to look back at those games as well and talk and talk through them and if you are if you're listening to this soon after uh, Thursday the 6th of August uh, Keke has another uh, interview show lined up uh, with the former international goalkeeper Antti Niemi uh, so if any of you have got any good questions for Keke to, to put to Antti then uh, let us know you, you know the the social uh, social profiles that you can use so it's at Explore Finland at FC Suomi at Keke Murari and at Escape to Suomi um, you can find our new it's not new anymore it's been there a while our Facebook page um, and also the the Facebook group Keke started the Instagram page and there's the uh, YouTube channel where you'll find the video from this and from previous episodes as well anything else from you Rich? Um, well I've just looked at the fixtures for, for the autumn and in for the Finland team they're playing yeah, two games in September, three games in October, and two games in November. So, seven games in two and a half months. So, um, those who've had a particular hankering for hooky at fixtures, um, both Finland fans and probably Norwich fans as well, um, they, they're going to get a, a mouthful come uh, come the autumn because it'll be Nations League and, and a friendly against Poland too. So, Good yeah, stuff. it's going to be a, a, a busy autumn. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And that's my only dig at Norwich for today. No, that's that's fine. You've been very well restrained. <laughs> kick a kick a man, kick a team while it's down. Uh, I'll um, cut, the, cut the mustard. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Until next time, Rich. Bonjour. Take care. See you.